Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Now this this month we have spent um, all of our Sundays talking about these things on the wall over here. Search boldly, connect honestly, serve humbly, worship fully. And these are, these are four key attributes of our church, four things that we want to be doing, four things that we need to be engaging in and, and driving and being part of and, and working through. And so we've already talked about searching, we've already talked about connecting, and last week Pastor Brad shared about serving. And I know that many of you engaged with that even, even right after the service by asking people and talking to different department leaders and ministry leaders about how you can get involved, which is excellent, which is fantastic. Well, today we want to tackle this last one, that worship fully piece. Now, I don't know all of you and all of your backgrounds and, and kind of your church history or whether you've got a church history or not, but all of you have come here with some sort of history and some sort of assumptions about what worship is. And in some situations, worship is simply that time when you all come together and you are in a church building and something is going on. Um, if you had more of a traditional background, it could be just going to the church and, and listening to the priest spout something off in Latin and then getting the Eucharist. Uh, for others of you, it is something a little bit more like what we do on, on a Sunday morning here where we have guitars and drums and we get up and we sing these lively songs and it's exciting. Some of you, again, would have more of a traditional view where you're used to the hymn books and the piano. And you would see so much of that as worship. That's what worship is. It is the time that we get together and we do some kind of religious service or we sing songs that are spiritual. But we also bring some other assumptions with that too. Like, worship is that moment that I am together with other people doing these religious things, and it does not happen at any other point in the week in any other group. Some of you have come with the assumption that you come to worship on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day it is that that service was happening for you. You came to worship in that setting so that you could somehow like relieve yourself of guilt or, or, or just get that special blessing or have God say, no, you're okay and, and be exonerated from whatever evil or issue that you were dealing with and so that you could go during the rest of the week and do whatever it was that you wanted to do during the week because you had already been there for worship and that cleaned the slate. Some of you have come with the assumption that that worship time is really something that's supposed to fill your heart and your spirit with, with life and with excitement. And that when you come, it is really supposed to be about filling you up. 
so that you are full and you're energized and you feel good and you feel excited and that excitement's going to carry you through the rest of the week. And some of you, maybe most of us in this room, have this feeling that the worship thing is something entirely separate from the rest of life. But I say that, and you know where I'm going with this. You know that obviously I'm setting you up, right? And I think most of us have this sneaking suspicion, and, and many of us, some of us know this, but that worship, there's got to be more to it. There's got to be something bigger to it. There has to be a, a bigger piece to it than just getting together one day a week for an hour and singing some songs together. How many of you have ever seen a driver on the road with one of those either either uh, like a Jesus Save sticker or like the, the Jesus Fish sticker on the back of their car. Anybody seen anyone drive one of those and then had that person like cut you off in traffic? <laughs> or roll down the window and say something? Or give you like the single finger, single finger salute? Anybody, anybody? Like they're driving around, right, right, they're driving around with this sticker on the back of their car, some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller, that say, hey guys, I follow Jesus, and then, and people are left wondering, well, did you steal that car? Or is that how Jesus would drive? Something just doesn't jive, right? Something just doesn't line up there. And the reality is that, yeah, something doesn't line up there because that's not what it's supposed to be like. We are not supposed to be people that have a bumper sticker on our life that says, I'm a follower of Jesus. I go to church. I partake in this Sunday worship thing. And then the rest of our life is something different. The verse we just heard is Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, Paul is speaking to the Roman people, the Roman church. He's saying, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God forgiving you, because God has looked at you and saw you as a sinner and said, I love you, I'm fighting for you, I'm willing to give up everything to make a way for you and forgive you in view of that, because of that, you need to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And just so you don't think that I'm just cherry-picking verses and this is just a one-off verse and the rest of the Bible is all about Old Testament sacrifice of animals and singing old traditional songs and that in, in the book of Hebrews that there are actually the, the lyrics to Be Thou My Vision or something foolish like that. It's not in there, by the way. Hymns are not in the Bible. I'm going to give you some other verses. Matthew 5, 16. Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others 
that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. John 13, 35. Jesus says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Micah, Old Testament prophet. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, God has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To get together on Sundays and sing happy songs. To act justly. And to love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. Hosea, chapter 6, verse 6. God says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice. An acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. There is a very consistent, very consistent theme throughout the entire Bible. That says that worship is not about a one-off moment during the week. It is not just about singing and it is not about sacrifice. It is not about animal sacrifices. It is not about you just giving up more of your life. It is about you living for God. What it boils down to and what I want us to get today is this. That everything about us should honor God. That's, that's worshiping fully. That's what worship really is. That everything about us should honor God. And you may be thinking, well, how is that even possible? How, how can we do that? How can we live a life that totally honors God? Because we are broken, we are, we are messed up, we are sinners, we have limitations. Maybe not everything can honor God. That is unrealistic. But Jesus says in John 16, verse 7, He says, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. It's for your good that I'm going to die and rise from the dead and then ascend to heaven and leave you guys without my physical presence here. It's good because unless I go away, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. John 14, 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in Me will do the works I have been doing. Jesus says, Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, says, Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In Colossians, again, Paul is writing to the Colossian church and he says, put on the new self which is being renewed in, the, in knowledge in the image of its creator. 
Jesus came not just to give mercy. He didn't come just so that you could have a ticket to heaven. Jesus came to completely transform your life, to give you the Holy Spirit. He came, he died, he rose from the dead, he ministered to people, and then he ascended to heaven so he could send the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit now. And that Holy Spirit, God himself has given us his personal presence available to each and every one of us to do a work inside of us from the inside out to change our hearts, to change our minds, to change our souls, to change our habits, to change how we think, change what we do, to change our priorities, to change our desires from the inside out so that everything about us would honor God that everything about us would shine to the world, that our good works would be seen by those around us and not give us glory and not look at us and be like, oh, that pastor, he's so smart, he's so good, he's such a good person. But so that they would see us and think of him. So that they would see us and honor him. God isn't asking us to live an honorable life on our own. Jesus came and sent the Holy Spirit so that you could live a life that worships fully. How many of you here have ever watched, it's it's kind of a niche sport, you may not have heard of it, but they drive cars really, really fast in a circle. Um, uh, what's it called? NASCAR? Anybody ever heard of NASCAR? Yeah, that, that's why I thought. Yeah. In NASCAR, there's this really interesting thing that happens. Um, basically, the cars and everything about the sport is so incredibly expensive that the only way they can do it is with massive and many massive sponsorships. And so what is cover what it what covers the car in NASCAR? Stickers. Sponsors. You see a certain brand labeled right on the hood, but not just on the hood. You got it on the side, you got it on the top, you got it everywhere, all over the car. Every car is covered in these advertisements. And the driver of the car and the, car, the team that's driving and running the car doesn't want to be associated with a brand that it can't associate with. Nobody wants to be associated with a terrible brand. Nobody is driving around in their NASCAR with a big sticker of celery on top of their car. Because nobody wants to be associated with celery. Amen? Amen? Come on. And in like fashion, no sponsor wants to be associated with a team that doesn't run well. And it's not just whether or not the car is winning races or not. It's is the car functioning. Does the team work? Do they go through the pit stops quickly, effectively? Are the brakes working? Are the, is the engine working? Is the gas tank working? Is the steering working? All those different components work together 
to say to everybody that's watching them, hey, this team is working, this team is winning, this team is doing it right, and that gives honor to the sponsorships. You see the connection here? That how the team, everything about that car, including the, the pit crew and the driver, everything about it, needs to function in a way that the advertisements and the sponsors get honored by it. In like fashion, we're kind of like NASCAR, where everything about us is supposed to function in such a way that as people watch us, as people see us, as the world around us notices how we live our lives, and even, even, even if people aren't watching you, as God watches us, everything about us honors Him. That's what Paul is talking about. That's what he's meaning when he says, let your body be a living sacrifice. This is your true and holy act of worship. Yes. Worship includes singing songs. That is a special moment that we have. We can do that on our own. We can do that together. When we we direct our hearts and our minds and our emotions in a way to explicitly give God glory and say, God, you are so good. God, you have given me so much. You have forgiven me. You have given me more than I deserve. You have blessed me. You have provided for me. You are coming through for me. You have done these miraculous things. You are so good. You are the creator and you deserve all of my glory and all my honor and all my attention in the very breath in my lungs and that is a moment for us to declare that all together and that's a special moment that's a valuable moment that's a good moment but it is just a moment when we spend time in his word when we give financially when you tithe when you are generous to other people and you're thinking about the good that, those, that that money can do with other people or those objects can do for other people or that time can do for other people instead of how it can bless you and you're thinking about what the difference it can make. When you are leading your family, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, for some of you, your parents, and pointing them to Christ, when you are taking bold and radical steps of obedience, when God tells you to sell that car, when He tells you to move, when He, when he tells you, I want you to change careers, when He's saying, no, I, want you to, I don't want you to buy that thing, I want you to hold off, I want you to give that money away, I want, you to, I want you to go over and talk to that person, I want you to share this story with this person, I want you to go and I want you to give up that promotion at work, I want you to go and I want you to confront this person, not in an angry way, but in a way that restores a relationship. When you go and you ask for forgiveness from someone that you are terrified of their response, or when you go and you confess something to someone about something you've done and how you've hurt them, when you take those radical, bold steps of obedience that God lays on your heart, on your heart that is all worship. Because everything about us should honor God. Now that's a big thing. I get, I get that's a big thing. 
I'll give you, I'll give you basically three steps of how to start that process. Number one, show up. Show up. Show up to these gatherings. Show up for your family. Just be present where God calls you to be. Just show up. Number two, get in your Bibles. If you want to know what it means to live a life of worship, you've got to be in the Word of God because He gives you these clear, clear directions on what that looks like. And if you're not in your Word, if you're not in the Word of God, if you're not in your Bible, then you're not going to know what it is that He is calling you to do. And thirdly, follow the simple, clear instructions of the Word everywhere you are. Don't worry about where you're going. Don't worry about what's going to happen next. Don't worry about planning for next week or, or 10 years or even the next two hours and say, well, when I get here, I'm going to do this thing. No. You follow the clear directions of the Word of God right where you are right now. Show up. Get in the Word. And honor Him exactly where you are right now. You do that and you will start to see the Lord opens things up and He starts speaking to your heart and He starts speaking to your mind and the, the Word of God comes alive more and more and you have a better idea and you have a better vision of what He is saying to you and what worship is supposed to look like in your life. And you will start to find that more and more and more of your life is honoring to God. That's why we have worship fully up there. Because it's not just worship in part. It's that everything about us should honor God. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.